0: Welcome to the Scott and Manaz podcast. It's 2019. It's November and a lot has happened since our last podcast. Uh, specifically, uh, the opening of the Herman Ziering Archive at Manhattan College. And we're here with Manaz as always and our guest from the past, um, Mr. Dr. Alan Richard. And uh, we're going to go over how a archive for a Holocaust survivor and a Nazi hunter could be opened on a Catholic uh, campus and administered um, mostly by a Muslim woman. I think it's an interesting story. And um, I'm going to ask you this first so we can have some background. How are you?
1: Hi, Scott. I'm doing well.
0: Good. Let's let's take it back. I know it's been years, months and years, about um, how it came to be that uh, Herman Ziering's family came to you to talk about creating something. I know it wasn't an archive at that time, but creating something to commemorate the memory of their father.
1: Um, Actually, the story is kind of interesting. Um, Debbie Ziering, who is the daughter of Herman and Leah Ziering, um, contacted me, called me on the phone in my office, and said she had a bunch of books to donate to the center. Her father was a survivor. Would I like them? And I said, yes, Um, especially since he was a survivor, I was just interested. And so she brought the books over. She was an hour late. And then I felt compelled to call her and thank her, because some of them were really good books. And then we had lunch, and then she started talking. We got getting to know each other, and then she said, well, you know, I have a box. Would you like to see it? I'm cleaning out my basement. So I said, yes. You never say no to a box, especially in in my line of um, work. And then (coughs) the first box she bought had, you know, cables from 1942 and 43, um, some Nazi hunting papers, the Churchill letter from 1943, uh, written as a response to Lady Redding, who was uh, a very famous woman who had converted to Judaism and did a lot for women uh, during the 1940s. And so I told her it was very interesting, and then I uh, spoke to you, Scott, yeah. and a colleague, uh, a friend of ours, Lewis and Alan, and... Um, I think shortly after that, I did a little PowerPoint from my board and said, you know, we should do something about these papers because she's interested in giving it to us for education. And then she kept bringing in boxes. Then I had Alan here working with me. And then we basically created an archive and exhibit space.
0: So what does it mean, actually, (coughs) to be a a Nazi hunter? I mean, I'll I'll ask Alan this.
2: it, It could mean a lot of different things. Um, and, and the term has been used to mean everything from,
0: uh,
2: you know, the the Mossad hunting somebody down and executing them, Rice to in movies. To, uh, um, uh, to someone like Simon Wiesenthal who is who's who has these, these has all of these papers tracking people down and mm-hmm. and and feeding information to the press so that so that the the, the former Nazis who are in hiding get exposed. Uh, to try to bring them to justice. And even something like uh, Herman Ziering, who who worked behind the scenes very quietly.
0: I was going to ask, what what support did Herman have towards this goal of hunting Nazis? Did he have any support or did he do it on his own? He
2: really was the support. Um, To the degree that he had support, it was uh, the Society for the Survivors of the Riga Ghetto. And then later on, he... Cajoled the ADL into uh, uh, being supportive of this, and um, eventually that became, uh, um, in the form of the, the their uh, war crimes uh, unit, hmm. um, which uh, I've been told um, by people who were there at the time that um, that this was uh, really at Herman's instigation. Hmm. Everything from, you know. Choosing who would run that to to uh, uh, directing it to all of
0: that. Is there any um, center like this, Menaz? I mean, dedicated to if nothing if not to uh, obviously there are lots of archives dedicated to survivors, but you know to this idea of a Nazi hunter. Is there anything like this out in the world?
1: Well, I mean, one of the most uh, famous. Nazi hunters that we know of is Simon Wiesenthal. Um, hang on, can you, I'm sorry, we need to get a little break. Alan, can you just go up and tell him to stop screaming? We're recording something. So, I mean, Simon Wiesenthal uh, was a famous Nazi hunter. He spent a lot of time in Canada and, I mean, all of North America trying to indict Nazis. And I, I think one of the things that, you know, maybe Alan should have mentioned is that when Herman was a young boy and he had to wear a Jewish star and he was already, um, we're talking about after the Nuremberg Law, so we're talking about 19, uh, post-1935, he got in line to go see a movie. And the movie was on Jewish propaganda. He took his star off and he, he stood around and he pretended to be German. Right. And he wanted to go see the the propaganda and then he, I think that kind of lit up something in his mind that he was going to fight this stereotype. And he, did, of course, was not, you know, a rat and poisonous and, and, you know, a disease of culture, which is what the movie was about. And I think that compelled him. And some, some kids, when they were younger, like Wiesenthal and like Züring, had this idea that they were going to be bringing justice that these people who horrifically murdered thousands of people in pits and with guns and in ov- ovens and gas chambers through forced labor needed to be taken to justice and well, to qu- stop this. That's
0: an interesting question, or interesting thought, because, you know, 5,000 plus years of Judaism, I'm sure there's no way they could have uh, anticipated something like Shawa, but how does... Um, something like uh, Nazi hunting and and tracking down Nazis align with um, Jewish mindset, Jewish traditions, or does it?
1: Yeah, I mean, in Judaism...
0: Um, I mean, is this a mitzvah look, yeah, of kind or no? It's a
1: mitzvah, but, you know, more importantly, I mean, when I teach world religions, one of the things I do when I do comparative religions, say I'm doing Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, I say the, the, the Jews were about justice. Yeah. All of their commandments are about justice and ethics. Tukun olam is for bringing justice to the world, um, to mending things, to mending things. Um, the idea of the promised land in Judaism is also different from the Christians and the Muslims, and then I say Christianity was about love and grace, and then I say that Islam w- was about egalitarianism, uh, equality. Um, first time, you know, sla- there, uh, slavery was being stopped by Prophet Muhammad. So there's different bigger messages that you can see all three traditions, but in Judaism, definitely you have that. And you have the same verse in the, in the, in the Tanakh that we have in the Quran, which is you must, you must be just and be an example of justice even if you go against one's community. And I think that compels one uh, to do certain things um, that are extremely important. I mean, in the Zirang. Uh, case, but I think Xering was also a very strong and um, belligerent belligerent man right in in kind of the positive sense he was not going to give up he was not going to let these people walk around long Island and, and all over uh, in Queens and be free. Meanwhile, they had shot people and killed, actually, a friend of his, his mother, Elliot Wells' mother. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that grew out of this idea that where is the justice? And he knew the United States was not doing enough.
0: Well, I want to ask Alan this, So I know he's been in the the, the, uh, weeds about this uh, archive. Can you give me some thoughts on maybe what the archive reveals about how Herman would track down Nazis, potentially, and then if he found them, what, what he would do?
2: Well, there's one prominent example, and, and Manaz already mentioned it, which is um, the, uh, uh, the case of uh, Maikovskis, who was, um, um, was a Latvian um, police chief who was responsible for the deaths of, of many of the people in the Riga ghetto including, as Manaz mentioned, Elliot Wells' uh, mother, who was Herman Zering's friend, and also the director of the War, war Crimes Unit for the ADL. Um, with that example, what happened was, there was, um, um, there was an increasing realization after one case uh, was discovered, and this case did come from Simon Wiesenthal, uh, basically sending information to the New York Times, New York Times showing up at the door. And a um, lady in Queens, just uh, living as a normal housewife in Queens. And she had been a concentration camp guard. Hmm. Killed people. Showed up at her door. And uh, in t- right away, she knew she, you know, as soon as the time showed up, she knew she was had. Right. Well, that one case started raising questions. Um, and there were two people who worked for the INS who were involved in that case, and they found that the INS was not really encouraging all of this. So then other names began to be leaked, and one of those names was Mikovski's, And that is when Herman really s- – we know that Herman started to get involved. He may have been involved earlier, but we know that he was involved from that time on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just want to jump in because the Mikovskis um case was really important to us at the archive and when you come and visit it you can actually see pictures of his kids his nine-year-old daughter who was holding a sign outside of his house so so that he had demonstrations and protesters and we wanted to we wanted everyone to see that 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 he was doing this and he was doing this back in the late 70s and 80s
0: well you know now we're (laughs) sitting here enjoying (laughs) the uh the fruits of your labor and we're you know it's just been consecrated it's uh It's had its first opening, Um, and people who are listening to this uh, may marvel at um, how it came to be. Um, I think we should focus a little bit on how the the sort of nuts and bolts, if you will, of how the archive came to be, Um, because, you know, these things just don't appear out of nowhere. I wondered if you'd give us, you know, take a time, some uh, bullet points, if you will, of how you structured it um, and what the the kind of people that were needed in order to uh, collaborate with you on this and how it came to be in general
1: sure I mean I you know you have to have an institution which Manhattan College was very supportive and so they agreed to give me a space Um, I had a vision for the space to be an exhibit and archive um, but kind of a mini museum and then have also other archives. Then I <coughs> had Alan, uh, Dr. Richards, work with me over two summers doing research on him through his papers. Um, so we would work together every, you know, those two summers straight. Debbie Zeering, the daughter, kept bringing in more and more material and kind of directing sort of, because it's her family, what she wanted in the ex- exhibit, which was including her mother, who was an important component. And then I hired a curator, who would be able to display these things in, in real museum quality and, and including a, a designer installer um, and the library stuff i mean it, it it i never knew i was going to do this in retrospect i would have done things differently but i think if i knew the kind of labor and money it takes to do this i may not have done this
0: so it's one of these examples of uh, if you Sat there and pre-planned and pre-planned It probably never would have gotten done
1: (laughs) Definitely not And, you know, I'm the kind of person who says Oh, well, you know, I'll pay for this somehow We'll see what happens And that's kind of how I've played it But, you know, I've also had surprises along the way um, That I didn't expect So there are a lot of challenges Um, There's a lot of excitement There's a lot of patience You have to work with different people, especially me Um, Sometimes friends you know and you may have difficulty with friends you build relationships the college you get disappointed um, and sometimes you're really pleasantly surprised so I think it's 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 like a life experience yeah. um, but I, I really feel very lucky that I've really developed a lot of skills that I would not have otherwise
0: well in the few minutes we have left how do you see the center being used going forward
1: well i mean there are a couple of things um, that i think are really important about um, the center that i run one is um, of course the archive um, in terms of harman ziering and nazi hunting um, getting scholars here studying him um, maybe expanding the center to be more of a nazi hunting center there's nothing like it actually nationally or internationally the second aspect which i think is super important too which which, <laughs> which, is also very interesting, is education for Muslims on the Holocaust. I want to expand that vision. I want to build curriculum. I want to have Muslim scholars coming. I have a Fulbright applicant who's already wanted me to host him. So this is very exciting stuff. So there's two very big components of this archive um, that can work. And I mean, I won't mention the 10 events I do, the interfaith work I do. So this is just... Purely about the research arm.
0: Well, it seems like an incre- incredibly unique opportunity for uh, If nothing else students of Manhattan College to be faced with questions about the Holocaust on a daily basis as they go into the, the Library into that to, to into the center into the archive.
1: Yeah, I have 13 docents that are already excited And we're part of the first opening and going to be part of the second opening.
0: Well, it's a completely amazing um, project and I congratulate both of you so just to finish, um, if someone listening to this would like to help uh, support the center financially, otherwise, how would they do that?
1: Um, they could call me at uh, 562-787-3443, or they could email me at manaz.afridhi at manhattan.edu. And they can also go into my website, which is www.hgimanhattan.com. Well,
0: thanks to Manaz. and. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> and, and Alan, and um, next time, it'll probably be 2020, and we'll have something more fascinating to say. Thanks.